Story number one. Humans are a risky investment. Written by someone underscore Finn. Captain Zigabit stood on the command deck, happy with his latest endeavor. The transport ship had been easily pickings with his experienced crew, and now holding pens of his ships were crammed full of fresh slaves. A few passengers had initially fought back, but once the boarding team blasted a few holes into them, almost all of the rest had accepted the situation meekly enough. This suited Zigabat just fine. Slaves with blasted holes in them tended to sell for less. On the other hand, the passengers in particular had resisted rather fiercely, and still remained defiant despite the sharp collars around the neck. A juvenile human female, no longer an infant, but not quite an adolescent. So far, she had refused them the common courtesy of revealing her name, and had even bitten one of the crewmen, nearly severing the grasping tentacle. Some of the crew had been in favor of saving them the trouble and just jettisoning her out of the airlock, but the captain had forbid it. He knew the certain circles juvenile humans fetched a handsome price. Though he of course had heard all the tales and rumors about humans that circulated around the spaceports and every edge of the galaxy, Captain Zigabit had never actually been face to face with one. That was what brought them down on the holding pens today. Come now, little one, he said, as much softness in his voice as he could muster. This will go away easier if you just stop resisting. I'm afraid that if I hear of another biting incident, there will have to be, uh, consequences. The young human gave no reply other than intently staring at him with two small, forward-facing eyes. Though the girl was barely half his physical swars, there was something deeply unsettling about those eyes. You better let me go, the small human finally spoke up, her words translated by the implant in Zigabit's ear. Before, she'd been all kicking and screaming, but now her voice was remarkably calm. The captain gave a chuckle, amused by the ferocity of the small creature in front of him. The girl spoke again louder this time. You think this is funny, you untranslatable? You'd better let me go right now, or my daddy will come and break me out of here and blast every single one of you to bits. That gave him pause. Humans were well respected around the galaxy as mercenaries and freelance soldiers, and renowned all across the galaxy for their unshakable determination, cool-headedness under fire, and general combat prowess. Quickly, he snapped out of it and reassured himself that the chances of a single human being able to track down his vessel and stand a chance against the crew was so minuscule that they were hardly worth considering. Three galactic standard rotations later, the captain docked his vessel at an out-of-the-way space station to fuel up, purchase some essential supplies of all the rest of the ship, and allow his crew some time off. As the ship was being fueled, Zigabit happened to catch a glimpse of another ship coming in for docking. It was small, looked somewhat beat down, and though Zigabit prided himself on his knowledge of space-faring vessels, he had never seen this model before. Soon the ship was out of sight, being directed by the station control to be far side of the smaller vessels docked. Captain Zigabit found himself curiously unnerved by the unfamiliar vessel but he shrugged it off as he decided to go and have a drink at the station's canteen. The captain had chosen a quiet table in the corner, partially shadowed behind a pillar. 
and was sampling a cup of something green and very, very sweet, contemplating where to go to get the best price for his precious cargo. He was shaken out of his musings by a new patron entering the quiet canteen. It was a bipedal, slightly taller than the captain himself, with two upper limbs and what looked to be a relatively large head. It was wearing a brown garment that looked to be made out of processed skin of some beast, so long that it nearly brushed the floor, and masked helmet of some kind that hid the face completely. When the newcomer reached up and took off his helmet, Zygbert's twin hearts skipped a beat. There was some distance between them, and the canteen was quite dimly lit. But there was no mistaking it. The shock of dark, coarse fur on the top of its head, framing its lower half of its face, the pale skin and the small, green, forward-facing eyes. He was looking at a male, adult human. The human glanced around the room and made eye contact with Zygabit, who felt as if the creature was looking past his eyes and directly into his soul. Suddenly, Zygabit felt as if it would be prudent to make a very, very quick exit from the station. He downed his cup of green sweetness, threw some credits down on the table, and started heading towards the ship. As he went, he turned on one of the eye stalks to glance behind him, towards the bar. He saw the human who was seated at the bar talking with the bartender, who was pointing at something with that one of his forearms. To his horror, Captain Zigabit realized that she was pointing at his ship. Everyone back to the ship, he called into his communicator as he raced back to his vessel. We are leaving right now. But boss, the first mate stammered, we haven't finished loading the... I don't care, the captain cut him off. We need to move. To their credit, the crew had scrambled to an impressive pace, and after a few moments they had all but three hands on board. Zikovit decided that this was not hanging around to wait for them, not planning to give the human any chance to get aboard. Boss! The first mate broke into the uneasy silence. What are you so shaken up about? Look, like you just had dinner with the angry Garunthian. What are we running from? Before the captain Zigabit could formulate a response to the metallic voice of the ship's AI announced, Beginning undocking procedure in five. Four. The Captain Zigabit nearly fell over as an explosion suddenly shook the ship in its mirthings. The power failed, and for the first few seconds that felt like an eternity, they stood in complete darkness. Then the backups kicked in, washing the command deck in an eerie red light, and the general alarm sirens began the waning song of distress. The captain scanned the security monitors, many of which were obstructed by thick smoke, Soon he found what he was looking for. He'd once again a hidden face, but the mask and long coat were unmistakable. He saw the human on the screen just in time to watch him gun down three of his men in the space of a single heartbeat. That wasn't the worst part, though. The worst part was that the security probe he was looking at through was located the outside of the command deck. The blast door had automatically sealed when the ship's emergency protocols activated, and Zygabit prayed that the spirits above that it would hold. But it seems that the spirits were deaf or just disinterested, and soon he saw the telltale sparks of a laser cutter working through the thick door. It did not take long for the human to create a new access port and burst onto the command deck, blaster in each hand. 
The first mate and navigation officer went down for the sidearms, and both got tagged with the blaster bolts before they even had their own weapons out of their holsters. Soon, Captain Ziggabert found himself at the receiving end of a stare-down from a very angry human face once again. All right, you untranslatable piece of slime, the human growled in his low, coarse voice. Here's how this is going to go. Give me back my daughter, safe and unharmed, and I may let you and your low-life crew live. If you hurt a hair on her head, or if you try anything funny, I'm gonna kill you. He paused for a moment, letting the full weight of the words sink in. Every last one of you. They proceeded towards the holding pens, the captain leading, and then the human closely following, with the blaster firmly pointed at the back of his head. The captain led him down to the pens and disengaged the force fields. When the young human saw the newcomer, her face quickly cycled through more expressions of emotions than Zigabit had ever seen. Screaming, Daddy! She sprinted at the bigger human, who bared his gleaming teeth swooped down and effortlessly picked up the little human with his free hand. The girl pressed her face against the shoulder of her savior, droplets of liquid falling from the corners of her eyes as she began to emit a curious, quiet sniffling sound. Hush now, baby girl. The male human comforted her with a surprising tenderness to his voice. It's okay. It's all okay now. Daddy's here and he's gonna make it all all right. He set the little human girl down, refocusing his attention fully on the captain and the few living crewmates. Open that, he gestured to the locker where the crew's small arms were stowed. Reading a cold kiss of plaster against his neck, the captain reluctantly complied, and they freed the passengers began to arm themselves. To his horror, he saw that they began herding the crew into the pens, bushing and chubbing. He might have appreciated the irony if he wasn't the one being forced into the cage. Now, my friends, the human addressed the Zigabit and the crew. I ask you to relinquish any weapons you all might have and go into these pens. And just sit tight for a moment. The IAST has been alerted and the team is already on their way. The captain bristled. The interplanetary anti-slavery task force was a name he knew all too well. The prospect of spending the rest of his life in a penal colony, mining all day for the rare metals, and subsisting on grey gruel that barely passed for food, was not one that he was keen on. The captain saw that the human was distracted, tending towards a wound on one of the passengers had sustained when his crew had seized them, and suddenly he had a plan. He would die for it, of course, but at least he could take this damnable human with him, and to be honest, Dying a free man sounded better than his life as a prisoner. His hand slightly shaking, he reached for his holster. He was not quite as quick as he'd been as a young pirate, but he was by no means slow. He was raising his sidearm when he felt a shocking jolt from the blaster bolt stabbing into his body. Then another, and another. His own blaster slid from his grasp and clattered to the floor. As he sank to his knees, his strength already fading, Zigabit looked at the human in confusion. How was he so vast? But the human looked every bit as confused as the captain himself, and his blasters were still holstered. And then shifting his gaze, he saw her. The little human, the small juvenile thing that had given the crew so much trouble. That had been so fierce, so defiant from the first. 
those piercing green eyes fixed on his own as she was trying to drill a hole into his soul, the smoking blasters in her hands. End of chapter.